0: Thank you praise team and uh, everyone else that was involved. By the way, I better make this clear. Fay, the um, the stuff is in the office. Okay. You don't know how much of a well, she I heard her sell somebody she knows who she's married to. That simply means that I can't remember my name some days. So it's done. Okay. So I shouldn't say this, but I'm standing back there going, I am hungry. Now, that was a bad thing to say, but that'll get you awake. Because after you hear people singing, you as well as the team and the individuals that were singing, so elegant. And then I get up here and speak. So guess what? Theirs is kind of complicated. They practice. I'm just simply going to do something simple and straightforward. You're here for some reason this morning. I don't know what that is. Some of you just show up on Sunday morning saying, I go to Garden Chapel. Others have been invited by a friend or a neighbor or someone else. Some of you are visiting with family and friends and you're with us and some that normally come here or someplace else. You may come from a week that has just been horrendous or you might say, this is the best week of my life. I don't know where you're coming from or even why you're here but I know what my job is. My job is to straightforwardly let you know what God says. Now, we've already seen the story as... um, Not Lindsay, that's Chelsea. Sorry, Chelsea, I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, Chelsea narrated and the others sang and, and, and put that all together. You saw the story of Jesus Christ. Did you notice that the people that were being talked about were people that were really messed up. Their life was in shambles in some cases. They were lost. They were empty. They were broken. Some of them were blind. Some were weak. Some were drenched with power and money. Zacchaeus. There were some that were hurt, just plain hurting, and some that were just down and out, and some that had tried over and over again and failed. Remember the woman? Five husbands and who she was living with wasn't a husband. You look at it. Jesus didn't come for people that think they don't need anything. Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. A righteous person is one who thinks, I've got it all together. I can do it on my own. I can make it on my own. I don't need a Savior. I don't need Jesus. I don't need God. He didn't come to call those that were religious. I've got religion. I go to a church, or I'm a member of something or the other, or I've been baptized, or I do a lot of good works, and I help people. You know what? He said, unless your righteousness, unless it exceeds that of the religious leaders of his day, it's just totally worthless. By the way, they were good guys. They did a lot of good things and a lot of Christian-type things, religious things. And he said, you don't make it. Because the simple bottom line is that our salvation, our eternity, our life that's worth living here and now is not based on what I do. It's based on what is finished. Yeah, I wanted to jump up. That second or third song you guys did where it went kind of mellow and then you blasted it. I wanted to jump up and start, yeah, that's it. Because guess what? That's where the power is. It's not in me and it's not in you. Sorry if you came here thinking you're all that. Uh, you're not. Because it's all about Christ and only about Christ. The Apostle Paul put it straightforward. He said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and following. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that on the third day, He rose again. That's simple. That's what He just called the gospel, the good news. The good news isn't that you can try a little harder and maybe you'll make it. And maybe if you fail one or two or three or four more times, you'll get it, and, and it'll all get straightened out. It doesn't work that way. We are prone to repeat and repeat and repeat the wrong things we do. No matter how, time, how, how many times we bang our heads because we tried to do it on our own, we still go back and try to do it again. That's our old sinful human nature. But the Bible is very clear. Christ indeed did die for sinners, because every one of those messed up people, and that's us too, needed a Savior. And that Savior needed to save us from something very specific, and that is sin. Sin is anything that separates us from God. For all have sinned, you and me, and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is all the perfections of God rolled into one package. It's His holiness. It's His righteousness. It's His power. It's His eternity. It's His love, His grace, His mercy. And you can put everything else of all the great things we know about God, put them all in there. That's His glory. It, what is what makes Him shine. Above and beyond everything else that's been created. He alone is the one that can meet our needs. We're the ones that fail. He does not. But it says that he died. Our sin requires a great price. The price is a substitute. A substitute is one who steps in and takes your place. We couldn't die for our own sin. We couldn't even die for ours, much less the sins of the whole world. But because he was God in the flesh, he represented God eternity. He also represented all of mankind. He came and lived among us messed up people. He knows exactly what it's like. But think about it this way. We know what it's like to live among messed up people, down and out people. But think about this. He was absolutely perfect and lived among us. The contrast between me and you is a little bit. We have a different name. We may look a little different. But we all kind of act in the same way. Not him. He was perfect and we are absolutely unperfect. The contrast was huge. He had no need to to die for us, to take our place, to be our substitute. He chose to do it because He loves us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He didn't have to do it. He chose to do it. You see, I don't care why you came today, and I don't care what you think- were thinking when you came in today. What I care about is when you leave here you have a different line of thinking and a different line of acting. Because if he died for us, that means there's a substitute. But if I don't choose to avail that substitution for me, I still have a problem. Because the gospel makes it very clear that we not only have to know the truth about Christ, but we need to apply it to our lives. We need to make it personal. Without that, it's no good. Be like a pile of cash right here, and if you didn't come and pick some up, it would be a nice pile of cash there, but it wouldn't do anything for you. But if you make it yours, by the way, we do not have piles of cash at Garden Chapel, so don't come up (laughs) here thinking we have one. We just don't have that. But you know what? We have to avail ourselves of what Christ has done for us. Full, complete, perfect payment for sin. Available as a free gift. That's the good news. If you came in here thinking, well, I got baptized or I'm going to get baptized or I've been doing good things or I go to church or I didn't kill anybody or any of those kinds of things, so I guess I'm all right. Sorry, I'm not going to be real uh, pleasant, What I say next is because that's not going to cut it, folks. It just doesn't cut it. You can be mad at me or you can say, hey, but that pastor who told me I can't cut it gave me a gift that says the full payment. And it does cut it. Jesus Christ did it all. And we need to come to him. If you've never trusted Christ, you need to trust him. It's real simple. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word call can be translated help. But it doesn't mean yell out loud. It means, help, I need something. I did that almost 45 years, a little over 45 years ago. I remember, I just said, Lord, I need what you've done for me. That's literally the words I said to the Lord. Why? Because I'd been hearing the gospel. And I realized that I can't make it on my own. And I called out for help. I need what you've got. Jesus Christ is willing to do that for you. So if you've never trusted Christ or you're not sure, Christianity is not a hope so religion. I don't even like the word religion. But it's not a hope so. It's I know so. And if you're sitting here going, I'm not sure if I really did that or not. This message is for you also. Make sure. Don't leave here thinking, I hope I'm a Christian. I hope I'm saved. I hope my sins are forgiven. I hope I'm going to heaven. Don't leave here like that. Because you're going to leave the same person you came in. If you know you haven't, it's simple. We're going to pray in a few moments. And I'm not going to do anything out loud. I want you to do this. It's between you and God, not me. I have nothing in it other than being a spokesman. Is when we pray... Just say, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. I also acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the one who died in my place as my substitute, my sacrifice. I ask you to forgive my sin. Come in, take over my life. Give me that eternal life that you promised. But many of you probably said, well, I know that story. It's a great story. It's a great story because that's what I'm living by. I have trusted Christ. My question to you is, what are you doing with the life he gave you? Just sitting around waiting till you go to heaven? Kind of boring, kind of going around circles and getting nothing accomplished. My challenge to you is, do you stand in it? Do you live in it? Do you proclaim it? That's what we are here for. He, the moment you trusted Christ, he could have took us out of this world instantly. We're as ready for heaven at that moment as we'll ever be. But he left us here to be salt and light to a world that is, and I started with this, messed up. I need to be salt and light. Salt makes food taste good. I probably eat too much salt. Makes food taste good. Light It's what I need because the older I get, the more light I need to be able to see right. But I am to be salt and light to a dark, dreary, mixed-up, messed-up world. Let's pray together. Father, we do come to you recognizing the good news that Jesus Christ has died for our sins, that he was buried, proving that he had died. And then on the third day, what we call Easter, Resurrection Sunday, early in the morning, he rose from the dead, proving that he had conquered sin and paid the full price, and he had conquered death. And death no longer was the master of our lives, the thing that brought us fear. Lord, I pray that no matter how someone came in today, how messed up their life is, how confused they are. Or how sure they were that they were righteous on their own. I pray that you would convict. And they, in the quietness of this moment, would admit they're a sinner. Acknowledge the Savior, Jesus Christ, paid for their sin. And simply ask Him. Call upon His name. Call out for help. So that they could know they have sins forgiven a life worth living, and heaven to look forward to. And for the rest of us who for many years, some in a short time others, have trusted Christ, I pray that we would live in such a way that our life counts for your kingdom, for the good of others, that we would be living, breathing testimonies to the grace of God and to the gospel, that we would make a difference and we would take the message of God's uh, Christ's gospel to those that need to hear Lord thank you for this time thank you for being here and meeting with us to show us your truth we thank you in Jesus name amen all right if you would also-